everybody another week another episode of the one golden moment podcast this week we're diving deep into the pinnacle of motorsport known as formula one i'm soam i'll be your host for this week's episode and i'm joined by the very special guest ali fazal ali hey, how everyone you? yeah i'm doing pretty pretty good yeah so let's get into it formula one okay so first we're going to talk about the race recap of silverstone and i just wanted to dive into like out of a on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the race this week's race? I honestly would rate it solid ten out of ten. I think it was probably from a viewer perspective the most entertaining one of the entire season. Um, there was a lot that happened. First, I think I have to mention the crash. Uh, thank God that Zoguan Yu is okay, and I think there's really a lot of takeaways we can take away from the race. First. Thank God for Halos. I think yeah. credit to Formula One for not uh, kind of succumbing to the pushback that came. I know there was a lot of uh, pushback and how it didn't look too traditional. You kind of veered away from the traditional, you know, cockpit where there wasn't anything blocking the obstruction. It just looked kind of less aesthetic, but kudos to Formula One for kind of putting safety over that. And, you know, you can talk a lot about Ferrari and their questionable strategy how they weren't able to capitalize on Max Verstappen not um, really being at the top of that race just because of what happened with floorboard and like kind of uh, having an incident with Pierre Gasly. But I think the kind of underrated thing about this race you can also talk about is Mercedes and how at one hand you can also kind of look at a resurgence from Lewis Hamilton combined with the fact that George Russell looked safe for this race has been very consistent getting into top five of every race that yeah. he's finished so far this season. But also the fact that I don't think Mercedes is ever going to go back to soft tires, given that they pitted Lewis Hamilton and yeah. they could have probably won. But I think you kind of saw, especially over the team radio, he didn't feel that comfortable with them. So I think there's a lot of things that the teams learned from this race. Yeah, I agree with the tires too. It's like, it is kind of like a gamble between the hards were last long, but they were very slow. They would take long to heat up, right? We saw, I think, Leclerc didn't pit for hard, uh, softs. And that effectively lost him the, the race win, which was... We're going to talk about that strategy call a little later. But for me, out of a 10 out of 10... I mean, yeah, this race is a 10 out of 10. By far, the best race of the season. If you look, uh, we didn't even mention Carlos Sainz got his first victory of the year, or forever, in F1. Perez came back down from... P17, I think, on lap two, all the way back to a podium finish. And then we also had that after the safety car restart, I think towards the end of the race, we saw like, I think five cars, Lewis Hamilton, Perez, Fernando Alonso, even Lando Norris, well, all fighting Charles Leclerc for P2. So I think that was some fantastic racing. So yeah, by far the best race of the season. But I wanted to go back to like that strategy called by Ferrari to not pit Leclerc. What were what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you react to that, and how does it 
what like confidence do you have in Ferrari moving forward for the championship fight? Yeah, I think um, going to the strategy, I think Ferrari did realize that it was the wrong strategy too late though. And they were kind of trying to save face after the race. There doesn't seem to be like that much merit in saying we're going to have Leclerc try to get as ahead of the grid as possible because number one, the safety car narrowed down all the gaps anyway. And number two, by not pitting Leclerc, it's kind of similar to what happened um, last year, the last race in Abu Dhabi where Lewis Hamilton pit and he ended up trying to finish the last lap on hard tires and that put him at a disadvantage against Verstappen. It was the same thing here where you kind of left Leclerc out to be sort of out in the open and to be attacked by the rest of you know, Sergio Perez, uh, Lando Norris um, for that spot behind Carlos Sainz. And Carlos Sainz was absolutely right to sort of to not yield to Ferrari's team orders and um, give the place back to Leclerc because, like I said, the gap was just way too small to try and do something like that. Um, but Ferrari, by saying, okay, we don't have enough time for a double stack for pitting both cars, it doesn't really hold up and make that much sense. And it, I guess if you, were able, if you were able to kind of switch cars earlier, you probably would have had enough time or at least said, okay, look, Leclerc, we're going to prioritize him pitting first because we put him in the lead earlier. But by holding him up with the rest of the pack and not letting him pass sooner – that's how Ferrari kind of landed on themselves in this situation. And it's, we're getting to the point where, yeah, there is just the break coming up, but Ferrari is going to have to do something and turn this around really quickly in order for them to get back into this title fight. Because right now it's looking, it's going to be between Verstappen and Perez and they're just running away with constructors as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, especially the reason it didn't make even more sense is like Leclerc is your number one driver, right? And he was the lead car. So normally the better, the quote unquote, better driver gets the better strategy. So it didn't make any sense to put Leclerc on a slower strategy, right? Yeah, I think that's where it goes to them saying, okay, we didn't have, there wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough of gap in between signs and Leclerc to do that, which, you know, you kind of, it, that was just poor planning by them. Yeah. And I think for the title fight, yeah, like you said, Verstappen and Perez looks to be that for the championship, especially since Red Bull allows their drivers to 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 fight, right? They're not like saying, okay, Perez, you have to sit back. Perez has gotten some wins this season. And I don't know if Ferrari can – I don't trust Ferrari, I should say this. I don't trust Ferrari to make the right call over the next, whatever, 12, 12 rounds I think there are. I don't know if they can claw their way back because this was their race to – really gain some points on Red Bull with Perez being last and Verstappen having those issues. Yeah, you definitely have to capitalize on those issues. And especially Red Bull has always had like the faster car. Their pit crew is insane. They get pit stops on them quickly. They're fast on straight. So uh, Ferrari, yeah, they definitely look like to be quicker and their qualifying pace have been great, but their strategy has not held up their end of the bargain. So Red Bull is definitely looking like they're the front, running away with this title fight. Yeah, and I was just thinking another example of that strategy is in Monaco, right? They they had a one-two. Ferrari was on pole and second, which is uh, like a big deal in Monaco. And 
I think they ended up second and fourth due to yeah a double pit error yeah so yeah. I don't know you can't make those errors against Red Bull as we saw points add up right last championship right right and then you see at the end um kind of something like everyone says no publicity is bad pub- bad publicity but if you see your team principal kind of giving getting the finger holding to your number one yeah. driver yeah that yeah. doesn't bode well yeah um especially since other teams are seeing this and are now saying hey look now you have mercedes coming up yeah can they possibly challenge ferrari to get that second spot behind that ball? yeah and mercedes has been consistent right you mentioned george russell uh p5 top five in the first nine races then hamilton's getting these podium so yeah they actually may steal second i won't even be surprised at this point yeah all right so yeah that's basically a silverstone recap and the implications on the championship now i wanted to talk about kind of like we're almost halfway through the season so kind of like mid-season awards basically and i think uh one cool award is like the underrated or the surprise driver of the year so I guess, who did you pick for that? Like, who's your surprise or standout driver of the year? I honestly haven't ex- didn't expect Fernando Alonso to be at the point where he is. He's been really good, um, considering the fact um, that Alpine coming into the season wasn't really a contender to be at the top of the midfield. I think that spot really went to McLaren, but they're giving um, McLaren a run for their money. Um, obviously, if you, know, if you pick between those four drivers, I think Lando Norris takes... Uh, the spot between, you know, him, Ricardo, mm-hmm. Alonso, and Alcon. But Fernando Alonso, um, you saw him in qualifying yeah, uh, a few P2. races ago. Yeah. yeah, that P2 was really, really great to watch, uh, especially for a driver of his caliber and his legacy. Uh, so Alonso has been really good. But I also wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to Mick Schumacher. He got his first mm-hmm. points um, in the British Grand Prix last weekend. But something that I think flies under the radar is he's been pretty consistent in finishing in the top 15 when Mm -hmm. he, you know, when he actually finishes his races. Um, So I think that's something that people keep an eye on. I think, you know, potentially for a confidence boost uh, and especially Mick Schumacher isn't going anywhere from Haas, you know, Uh, he's a legacy. He brings in the, uh, the viewership, the money. So I think, it's critical for Haas to get Mick Schumacher off the ground running. And he's slowly building up to that this, uh, this season so far. Yeah. I think Schumacher is a good like shout out. Cause he, he also had that, I think both has, has cars uh, qualified like P five and six in Canada. So it shows like they have pace and Schumacher has some good racing uh, pace. Uh, but for me, I went with uh, Valtteri Bottas, you know, he was, went from, basically the fastest car for the last eight years to a midfield car in Alfa Romeo. And he's been the number one driver and he's been pulling in lots of solid points. He's had solid finishes. Yeah. He's just like, he's a very consistent driver. I'd say he's like found a new, like new role. Like he really found a role as a number one driver, especially alongside a rookie. He's like mentoring Zhou Ganyu. And yeah, like, I think he's responsible for the majority, like 46 or something points for Alpha out of his 51. So that shows just how impactful he's been as this like veteran driver. Yeah, definitely. I think the key for Alpha Romeo is making sure they get the most out of their car. Mm-hmm. Um, both drivers have been, you know, pretty good this season when their cars have 
uh, finish. And Doug Lan Yu is also like a very promising rookie. Yeah. Um, and it's just about keeping that dynamic between the drivers. And Valtteri Bottas has really uh, uplifted them. Yeah. All right. Moving on to kind of the polar opposite of this award, the most disappointing driver for you this season. This kind of sucks because <laughs> I think he was my favorite driver given that I got into Formula One mainly because of Drive to Survive, and that's unfortunately <laughs> got to be Danny Ricardo. He hasn't showed the pace, uh, the same pace in the McLaren mm-hmm. as Lando Norris. And, you know, there's kind of comparisons and the people defending him were saying, okay, the McLaren car isn't really built for him. But as I feel like in the driver's mentality, you're always trying to get better than your teammate. But if you see your teammate, okay, like Lando Norris, doing pretty well in the same car, mm-hmm. you can have questions that sort of target you as, okay, why are you not performing as well in the same car? Lando Norris, He's been pretty. He's been doing pretty well, and especially I think one of the most notable moments for him this season was when he was still able to finish despite having tonsillitis. Yeah. Uh, and I think Daniel Ricciardo has just hasn't been able to replicate some of that success that he had. Even last year when he was able to win, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in Monza, um, yeah. and he just hasn't been able to replicate that success. So it's definitely been a disappointing year for him. Yeah, I would have to agree. My pick was Ricardo too. It's just like, I don't know, like maybe like five years ago when he was in Red Bull, you would argue he's one of the better drivers on the grid. He was competing with Max Verstappen. And I don't know if it just shows how good Lando Norris is in the McLaren or how good, I don't know what's going on. His pace is just not there. Like, I think Norris has scored a podium this season. He's well ahead of Ricardo. Ricardo's I don't even, I think he's only finished in the points like twice. So it's just a very disappointing season for him. And we know like he can be fast when he has like, I guess the combination of right car and he's confident in himself. So I don't know what's happening. It sucks to see because he's like such a, like a happy driver too. Right. Yeah. Crazy thing though, McLaren hasn't been that good on like these like long straight circuits. Yeah. I think that their car just hasn't been holding up their end of the, their end of the bargain. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what McLaren does the rest of the season. Yeah. This battle for like the midfield between Alpha, McLaren, and uh, Alpine is pretty close. Like, it, I think it could be anyone's game, really. All right. Moving on to a ranking our best five top five drivers for this season. All right. Okay. I think I'm going to. It's easy for me to rank if I'm going from five down. So yeah, I think, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I've got to go number five would be uh, Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give him a higher spot just because he ha- we haven't seen the consistency from him, mm-hmm. but he's definitely been getting better, finishing higher podiums. Uh, I will give him credit, though, for you know being able to overcome some of those porpoising issues, those bouncing yeah. issues that Mercedes has had. Uh, so... It's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think and F1 had their power rankings and Lewis Hamilton was the top driver mm-hmm. uh, according to their rankings. So there's definitely opportunities for him to go up uh, in terms of people's consensus on whether he's the top driver or not. Uh, it's a five, but it's very promising for Lewis yeah. Hamilton. So number four, then uh, I would have to go then Carlos Sainz. 
Um, he did win, but honestly, the reason why he's not that high, higher, that much higher is he hasn't seen the pace. And even he did win uh, the British Grand Prix and, and it's honestly great that he won his maiden Grand Prix. Unfortunately, though, and I kind of feel bad that it's kind of getting tainted by the fact that, okay, people are more focusing on Ferrari's yeah. handling of the two drivers. And there's also the fact that Leclerc had, uh, I think it was a broken front wing, and he was able to keep up a pretty decent pace while that car was still damaged. So Carlos Sainz has to, he does have to get some of that pace back, but uh, him being able to win, I think this Grand Prix, and him still having some great uh, qualifying sessions as well and finishing second last race as well. Um, he is has been a pretty good uh, second driver in Ferrari. Uh, so, yeah. Number three, I would put as uh, George Russell. He's been okay. very consistent this year. Top five in, every, in nine of these ten races. Uh, and I think we've seen that he has that pace, even dating back to when he was at Williams, he's shown that he's been one of those quicker drivers. And Toto Wolf bringing him over to Mercedes has been great. He hasn't missed a beat, uh, especially with upgrading the car. Uh, he's been able to deal with the pace more effectively than sometimes Lewis Hamilton, even though Lewis Hamilton's getting back up there. Uh, and I think, especially when Mercedes probably isn't going to be in contention uh, for either a driver's or a constructor's championship this year. I think consistency is all the more important just to try and get some of those points back up, try to get to maybe even second in the constructors, close the gap between Leclerc and Sergio Perez. Uh, so that consistency that George Russell has been providing has been a huge help. Um, second would definitely be Checo. Uh, he's kind of, I think the, the one and two were pretty simple Two Checo, one Max. And I think Sergio Perez has taken more of an offensive kind of element this year. People mainly think of him always oh, the defensive driver. Even you saw him during Abu Dhabi, he's been kind of, you know, trying to hold other drivers off, trying to keep his primary driver in the lead, but you've seen him being able to make these comebacks in British, uh, in Britain, um, colliding with Leclerc, but still, uh, making its way back after a pit stop to second place. And his pace is there. His, he's definitely a very improved driver. And I think it sets up for a very interesting battle uh, coming up. We'll see if Red Bull, if they get close enough for Red Bull to allow them to fight for the title. Should mm -hmm. be pretty interesting. Um, Verstappen is number one. I think him getting damaged, that floor could have sent him back a lot of down a lot of places but he was able to uh get up to seventh and definitely minimize the loss that that could have had and it's followed a trend where he's won uh almost every race that he's finished yeah. and save for some dnf issues early on in the season he probably would be ahead a lot further so he's definitely the uh the best driver on the grid this season arguably last season as well, if, uh, depending on if you're a Hamilton backer or Verstappen backer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Max Verstappen is definitely looking like the best driver this season. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if you forgot about Charles Leclerc. 
You put him. Oh, how did I yeah. forget about that? <laughs> oh my god! All right, we cut this out then. Okay, <laughs> so we have top five. Will you have to? I guess. Oof. We're stopping Leclerc, Perez, and then what is it? Then it would be uh, Russell, probably Russell and Signs. Russell and Signs because Signs has won a race. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Basically, I think the top two is Max and Charles. Like you, those are. I think no matter who you're a fan of, or maybe okay, you you gotta have Ferrari Max. I blame Ferrari for making. I blame Ferrari for making me forget that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Leclerc's been amazing too. I think he's been hindered by his car, right? His team. Definitely. So yeah, but you gotta have those two one too. So for me it'd be number five would be Carlos Sainz. Uh four would be Russell, three would be Checo, two would be uh Leclerc, and one would be Verstappen. So we're pretty similar, right? I think Hamilton is bouncing back. He's climbing his way up. But he did have like a slow start compared to George Russell. And I think if Russell wins a race, yeah, he could be. Russell's been consistent. That's why I like him a lot. That's why I have him over uh, Carl Sainz. Yeah, so that was great. Okay, let's 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 flip it again. So I don't want to say worst drivers, top five worst drivers, because F1, all the drivers are pretty talented. But I guess like, the worst drivers out of the top 20 who are racing F1, who, how would you rank them starting from like the fifth worst to the worst driver? I say that with quotes. Yeah. So I think fifth worst, I, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go worst to fifth worst. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think I already touched on Daniel Ricardo. I think being yeah. my disappointment, but he does hold some spots over people like you know Nicholas Latifi, Lance Stroll. Yeah. Um, you know, I think these are racers that kind of need a little bit more seasoning in Formula One. I think they're going to be there. They're not. Their seats aren't in any danger. Mm-hmm. But people like Latifi, uh, Latifi and Stroll um, definitely take the top two spots uh, for the most. I'm not going to say worse. I'm say most underperforming drivers. Yeah, underperforming. That's a better. Yeah. That's a better term. I feel like. I feel like they're going to come after me if I say worst drivers. Yeah. Because Lord knows I can't even hold a candle to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think those, and then Daniel Ricardo, I think would be the third, the third worst. And it's mainly just because of the expectations that people generally have for him. And yeah. he, you know, it's kind of disappointing to see that he hasn't been able to get that pace in McLaren. Uh fourth worst would be this is tough because yeah. i think the rest of the midfield is being ca- is characterized as, you know a lot of them are quick but it's just that the car sometimes is just unreliable and you're seeing yeah. a lot of dnfs throughout the season so i think yuki sonoda mm-hmm. would take my spot as fourth worst just because you know he has a talent but you know I think some of the crew has been like, well, he has attitude problems and things like that. But then also Yuki has to be more consistent on the grid, but his pace is definitely there. And I think the fifth worst would probably be Mick Schumacher. Um, yeah. Even though he has improved this season, um, which is a pleasant surprise, he still has had a rough go in the Haas uh, mm-hmm. with those, with some DNFs. 
Uh, he's had a lot of shaky rounds in qualifying as well. Uh, so Mick Schumacher takes narrowly avoids that last spot. Yeah. So for me, yeah, Latifi and Stroll definitely are one and two. I mean, I like Latifi. He like, uh, you know, when he got into Q3 in Silverstone, I was like, yeah. I think everyone liked that. But, you know, they're not, they're pay drivers, right? They're not like, they're on, they're still talented, but they're not at the same level, I should say, as the rest of the field. And then for number three, I would say probably, I don't know, Mick Schumacher. I would, I would give that to Mick Schumacher just because he's not a rookie anymore. So is his second season? Is it his second season or? I think it's his third. Yeah, it's his third season. So like, I don't know. It's been a while. I'm happy for him to get his points, but I don't know. When you look at Kevin Magnuson, he's done really well in that car. And he's this is first his season back for replacing Nikita Mazepin. And Magnuson's done pretty well. So I would assume Schumacher should be a little perform a little better. He just needs to be more consistent. And then fourth, I have Ricardo just because he's underperformed everyone's expectations, really. He's so far behind Lando Norris. And then fifth is Yuki Sonoda. Yeah, he just, again, his teammates done so well with Pierre Gasly that it's like, yeah, it's, I just can't put him higher than other drivers. So that's my bottom five, I should say, uh, for the current grid lineup. And yeah, so I guess we can talk about next race now, Austria. What are your predictions for that? I, unfortunately for Ferrari, think it's going to be more of the same. Uh, I think Red Bull widens early. And it's because Austria has a lot of those long straights on their circuit. Uh, kind of like, like Baku and Azerbaijan, where it was characterized by long straights, and Red Bull did uh, really well on that. And, you know, Ferrari has that pace, but that strategy is coming into question once again. And I think you're seeing as well that Red Bull's making upgrades to their cars. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, their crew has learned a lot from their mistakes and you really don't see, um, besides that one f- uh, recurring fuel issue uh, in the beginning of the season, they really haven't had any uh, trends and problems that they've had to look at. So their car has been really quick as well. So on those long straights, they're definitely supposed to fare well on that. And I think that will ultimately push them in the top. Uh, I would, I think that honestly, this, the rest of this season is probably going to come down to top three. Uh, how yeah. do the Red Bulls, how do the Ferraris, how do the Mercedes perform against each other? Uh, it'd be interesting if Mercedes could get a little back, uh, more back in the mountain lights. I think every fan would want to see a three, uh, a three, a three way fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but until I think you can expect these trends to continue, but until you see something definitive, especially from the likes of Ferrari, you kind of have to go with what you've been seeing and that Red Bull has been the king of these last few races and they probably will finish one too. And Austria, Mm -hmm. again, is their home race. So it's provides a little bit of extra motivation for them. Yeah, who do you think takes the third spot in that? Third spot? So if I have to go podiums, it would be Verstappen, it would be Perez, and I think Hamilton gets that uh, third spot. Yeah, the P3. Uh, 
And until I see otherwise, from Leclerc, he hasn't podiumed. I think he hasn't podiumed in the last six of, in six of seven races, of the mm-hmm. last six of seven races. Until you see something different, I don't think you can really say that Leclerc has a shot at getting a higher place. Yeah, I see. You think George Russell finishes top five, like continues that streak? I think he does. We haven't seen anything to say that he does, yeah. that he can't. Uh, mm-hmm. And as long as I think that that crash at the beginning of the British Grand Prix is, you don't see that every day. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I, I think as long as we can, as long as we've seen Russell to be consistent in that top five, um, he could probably do it again. Yeah. I agree with the Red Bull take. I think it's their home GP, so they're going to do better. And also, it's a bounce, they have to bounce back, right? They had that issue, issue with Max early on, which Max was, I think he was in the lead, right? He was pretty fast before that issue. So I think they're going to bounce back. Max uh, will get P1, Perez P2. But I think Leclerc is also, he's going to be like, you know, getting scolded by your team principals not, as the number one driver is not really, I, don't, I think Leclerc is a fun guy. Yeah, especially public, right? I think like he's gonna try his best to to get that P three or fight for the win. I don't know if the car will allow him to, but yeah. All right. Any closing yeah. remarks? Any hot takes? I guess for F one this season. Hot takes. Let's see. Well, I want to see which driver would score their first point. Well, actually. Only one driver hasn't scored points. Um, but do you think Nicholas Latifi will <laughs> get some points this season? I mean, I hope so, but it depends. If it's like another, if it's a race where there are a lot of DNFs, right, and he finds himself up there, he can definitely get points. I don't know, just on raw pace, though, if I think Albon got points, though, right? The other Williams car he's gotten. Yeah, I think it's uh, from he did from there's that one race where it was uh, he came all the way from P20 and he was able to get points. So, yeah, that was it was an insane strategy able to uh, get the most out of those hard tires, uh, not pitting until like the final, like close to the final lap. So, uh, yeah, I think. I think that's why I honestly also have Albon like ranked a little bit higher on my list, just because he's been able to do a lot of impressive things with that Williams car. Yeah, this, the, the Williams has been by far the worst car, and he's been getting solid results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I guess my take is I think uh, Lando Norris gets his first win this year. That's my take. Mm. That, yeah. would be, that would really be nice to see. I think... There's been four different drivers, even though they've only been Ferraris and Red Bulls. There's mm-hmm. four drivers winning, different drivers winning, of course, this season. It's pretty good. So we can hope we see a McLaren win, and it would definitely be great if Lando Norris got this maiden win. Yeah. All right. I think that'll be it for this podcast. Anything else you want to add? Or Well, people who are not into F1 yet, you're missing out. That's all yeah. I have to say. Yeah, definitely. F1 is growing, but it should be bigger in America, right? All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of One Golden Moment, and stay tuned for next week. Thank you very much. See the ski.